Okay, this is Jeff Sekarik back with podcast number four. Anybody there? Anybody there? Hello? Yes, sir. Legal man. There you are. Yes. Good, e- here. good evening good for you. Good evening. Yes. Good morning to you. Correct. Uh, so I'm back with podcast number four. Today I'll be talking to Legal Man, who is one of the absolute best writers on Twitter, which is my chosen form of. Uh, communication. And Legal Man has been in the law profession for over 30 years. He's also what I consider to be one of the best writers on Twitter, probably in the top five. So let me read you a couple of his Twitter posts just from the last couple of days here. Everyday headlines are screaming about more cases, meaning more people tested positive. So What they don't tell you is we have no way to know whether every single one of these new cases would have tested positive last year. This is not science. It is fear-mongering. Agreed. For now, I have been searching for any tangible evidence that we are not headed in the right, that we are not heading right for a dystopic insanity I suspect will result from this concocted corona event. Unfortunately, I've not found any. It's going to be very ugly over the next 18 months. Ain't that the truth? One more here. Two months into these declarations of emergency and still not one single public official has defined what exactly constitutes an emergency. What are the specific required parameters, evidence, etc.? That is the heart of the issue and not one question on this from the media. And why would they ask that question when they're in it? (laughs) Right? Yeah, no doubt. So what's the feeling on the ground over there? When you walk out your door, is everybody still walking around in terror, wearing the mask? You know, it's, it's very discouraging to me because I live in a place where there's absolutely no obligation to wear a mask. So there's no legal obligation to wear a mask. Mm. You know, obviously stores, stores can require it. Uh, but most stores don't, I haven't seen one yet that does. Um, but I'd say a good solid 80 to 85% of the people are wearing masks. <laughs> I mean, it's very difficult for me to wrap my mind around it because the county has got a million people in this county and they've had in two months, they've had 29 alleged deaths from Corona, mm-hmm. 29 out of a million. And, and there's literally, I don't know anybody who's sick. Uh, there's nobody sick. There's, there's nobody in hospitals. They're, they're empty. It, there's nothing going on, but the people I see, um, they're clearly scared. I mean, maybe they're just virtue signaling, but I think there's a lot of genuine fear. Um, the hell of it is, is, and I'm seeing the same thing here in Cambodia, and you're right. That does not bode well for the future of mankind. I wish it were not the case, but the fact is the world is ruled and run on symbols. That mask tells... <sighs> whatever you want to call them, the cabal, the evildoers of this world, it tells them how successful as a barometer their alleged pandemic is. So here, like I'm, I'm two hours from the nearest big city, but yeah, still 
originally everybody was wearing the mask. Now, the benefit where I'm at in this little town in Cambodia is the people are not as big on TV, right? So they don't have this constant barrage of one lie after another coming into their consciousness. So most of them got rid of it. Of course, when pandemic Kuchu comes along, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I'm not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So here's a question for you. I'm looking at the numbers from the past five years. There's been essentially no increase in overall deaths. Some years a little bit lower. 2017 actually had a greater amount of overall deaths during the first four months of the year than we've got this year. So the question is, how do you have a global pandemic with people dropping dead right and left if overall deaths are not increasing? How is that possible? Yeah, it's... it's you know, it's it's those those excess mortality tables. They're they're pretty hard to fudge. Um, and I was saying for a while, before, you know, that at the end of March they came out, and March showed a decrease. And then, uh, you know, we had to wait all this time, weeks and weeks of this ridiculous lockdown for waiting. I just kept waiting for the April ones because I knew there'd be some, you know, there'd be some information there, and. Like I said, it's easy to kind of fudge these death certificates. Everybody's hearing the stories about how they're being kind of kind of strong armed. And there's a huge amount of financial incentive to create the uh, the covid related death and all this other stuff. But the overall deaths is a very difficult number to adjust. Um, you can't just create fake death certificates all over the country very easily. And uh, um I think, I think that now I and there's some of those are supposedly uh, temporary numbers, and I'm sure I'm sure the powers that be will adjust them up or however they need to. But the bottom line is, if you don't have excess mortality, <laughs> regardless of the reason, there's nothing to be concerned about. And, and here's just, <laughs> yeah, here's and the, and the thing is, I'm not pulling those numbers from some conspiracy theorist blogger. These are off the CDC website itself. Right. Yeah. Because so, it's really hard to chase it. Now, in Europe, they've got something called MOMO, which mm. is this academic uh, uh, sort of thing. And they're the ones who normally tabulate all these excess mortality tables in Europe. And uh, I looked at them, and they were, they were tracking up and down. And there's definitely some, some spike of sorts, in, at least in parts of Europe, but nothing out of the ordinary. And there seems to be a, uh, a spike this time of year anyway there. But, you know, bottom line is, let, let's just even give them the massive benefit of the doubt. Say there's 40 or 50,000 additional deaths in uh, uh, Europe. We're not seeing that in the United States. It's, <laughs> that is not a global emergency signal. I mean, that's, that's ludicrous. And and whatever the numbers are, whatever they are, as, as of right now, no excess mortality is being shown in the United States. And that is extremely damaging to the narrative. And the reality is I could even live with that if they were being honest and they came out and they confronted that issue. 
But when you don't get questions about it and they don't address it, that's when, for me, I know they're lying. Because in a real situation, if you're actually trying to solve problems, there's, you have to ask actual questions. You have to address the questions. You have to be able to answer them. If you don't, if all you do is sweep it under the, the rug, then you can be sure that they're not actually trying to solve the problem or there's not actually a problem. It's always the same. <laughs> it's, it's a fail-safe system to, to know because most of the time, you know, we don't have access to information. That's a very, very difficult thing to get. It's often hard to even know if you get the information, how, how accurate the information is. But what you can know is what are people asking about and what are they actually addressing? And they're not addressing the fact that these numbers are out and they show no excess mortality. Not only that. It's just that simple. Yeah. And when all else fails, you've got your human senses. What, what we used to call when we were kids, common sense. In other words, if this were a real pandemic, the guy down the street would be dead. We'd be going, oh, my God, the, the, the guy I buy from my grocery store, you know, groceries <laughs> from yesterday keeled over and three people over in Walmart died. And I can't believe yeah. it. The seven-year-old kid that plays with my sister's kid died. These That's are right. the types of, of, of stories that you could not avoid. So I think it's overwhelmingly obvious to anybody that has any kind of common sense that if there's nothing going around on around you personally, if the CDC is bribing doctors or bribing, telling doctors, I should say, to call everything a COVID death, if overall deaths are <clears throat> not up, but down, the whole thing's a scam. I think that's the word yeah. that we're all searching for. Yeah. And remember, I, here's the thing. Remember when we were kids, you were talking about the journalists. I seem to remember like guys like Mike Wallace, and, and not that these people were all the greatest people or greatest journalists, but I remember watching when I didn't know anything about the world or how it worked, shows like 60 Minutes, there was another one, I think, 2020, and they would actually delve into like some hardcore issues. I was watching one on vaccines just uh, a couple of days ago. You are never going to see that again. Those days are over. Yeah, I, I, tend, to, I tend to agree. Now, I wonder uh, how much of my memory, because I have a very similar memory, and I've, I'm always curious of how well I'm remembering something, but, um, you know, They've written books for an awful long time about the uh, press being controlled, but it's gotten worse. I don't think there's any doubt it's gotten worse. I mean, whether or not it was ever any good, I don't know. But it's it's gone. From, let's just say it's gone from bad to terrible. Okay, even if that's all it's done, it's very noticeable because there are no questions being asked, and. You know, as, as the original point you make about the common sense, to me, the, the common sense about an actual deadly pandemic is that the powers that be don't have to spend any kind of time 
trying to make sure that people stay in their homes and shut their businesses down. They're actually having to spend time doing the other to make sure things can keep running because everybody's so scared they're all inside because they see everything, everyone dying. And you don't have to spend your energy locking up a perfectly healthy population because you don't have any excess resources because it's all being spent trying to treat the people who are sick and dying all around. Right. And so every single thing points to the fact that this is a concoction. And the fact that nobody's ever lived through one, um, because there really hasn't been some kind of major pandemic, whatever happened during the plague, we don't know. It's way too long ago. Whatever happened during the Spanish flu, you know, who knows? It's, it's kind of right there at World War I. Obviously, a lot of people died. Something happened. Again, something happened. You know, what happened? We can hardly know. But we know this. A huge amount of people died because I've been out west and seen whole towns and the, and the Greystones are all that 1918. There's like wiped out whole towns all over the place. And uh, there's just nothing in, in this supposed pandemic outside of whatever went on in New York City, which we don't know. And again, it's back to the same issue of what would a, a real person, an actual scientist, be doing? What would they be asking about in this situation if they were trying to save lives and figure things out? They would be looking at the situation and saying, something occurred in New York City. <laughs> something extremely strange apparently occurred there. Now, what actually happened, we don't know. But they wouldn't just be acting as though we're all subject to New York City because it was an anomaly. And if you're really a scientist, you wouldn't be just assuming we're all suffering from the same thing. You'd be saying they had something really weird go on there. We can get into the details of how much of that is even true. But just just assuming the story they're telling us is true, something very odd went on there. And just any actual scientist would say, there's no evidence anything like that is going on anywhere else in the United States. <laughs> and, and so the question should be, what went on in New York? What was actually killing people? What was actually happening? But that's not being asked. So again, always the Sherlock Holmes dog who didn't bark to me is almost always the most compelling evidence in the world we live in. It's what's not there. And what's not there is people asking questions that someone who was actually trying to solve a real problem would be asking. And it's again, it's absent. <laughs> it's absent right. again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time. Yeah, here, the thing is, if you go back to the the uh, the fundamentals of the story, you know, it's not like there aren't a slew of highly qualified MDs out there saying now that <clears throat> the virus has never been isolated, and a okay. virus is nothing more than your body's. Right. method of getting rid of toxins in the body that wouldn't right. surprise me at all furthermore to your point on the uh, on the science if there were an actual attempt to find out if this disease were worthy of shutting down the country you'd see them likely doing something that they did during the spanish flu which is they took person after person, animal after animal that had the symptoms of the Spanish flu, they sucked the snot out of them 
and injected it into healthy hosts. They did this three, four, 500 times and not one single time were they ever able to duplicate disease in the next person. What does that tell you about contagion, the idea of contagion in general? <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I had, I, I, I've, I've gone through pretty much every part of the rabbit hole just over and over and over again. And that, this was actually interesting to me because I was unaware of this. And two of my very, very longtime friends are both MDs. And when we came across this exosome theory and the virus, and you look at the virus and the exosome, they, they look exactly the same, and you can't really tell. And so we went through all that stuff and examined all that data, and they pulled up the medical journals and stuff. And I'm not going to say I was surprised that virology is just a complete load of crap the way it's presented, because pretty much everything is. But it was pretty surprising to me how obvious it was. I mean, the fact that they don't have any actual decent experiments proving this manner of contagion that is the basis for it, it's pretty outrageous. I mean, it really is pretty outrageous. And again, what I would go back to is you have a bunch of different people with a bunch of different theories. And I think a lot of the people in the industry, um, you know, I think they, they've got integrity. You see them posting on YouTube and getting their stuff yanked down. You see them, you know, making a, you know, making a video and it runs on the news. There's doctors in California. There's, there's multiple different ones people could look at. And whether or not they're right or wrong or whether or not, you know, I know this much. They're asking the right questions that you would ask if you're actually trying to find an answer. And then once again, the dog who didn't bark they are totally shut out from Tony Fauci's team, the Trump team, anything on the media. There's no questions being asked about it. They're instantaneously kookified. So once again, the exact same proving system is there, which is if you're actually trying to find an answer and, and what you're predicting, Tony's model sucks. I mean, Tony's model, first of all, sounds like a skin flick on Cinemax. It's ridiculous. Tony's model. Right. <laughs> was I supposed to run my life off Tony's model? I don't think so. And, and the reality is when you look at something like Tony's model, if you're a legit scientist, when someone presents you information, you have to look at it and you have to ask fundamental questions when, you're, when your theories don't work. And their predictions suck. They never work. And so instead of going back and starting to question whether the theory's right, well, they just push forward and make stuff up. I don't find it to be any different. I find the analogy to be very, very similar to what has happened to modern-day cosmology or astronomy, where they make this, this, this ridiculous kind of concept up, and, and then they, they make predictions about what they're going to see. Then they go make observations, which is very similar to what these virologists are doing. They make predictions about what's going to happen, and they punch it in their little confabulator 5,000 model, and then it tells you all the people are going to die. And then you watch, and nobody dies. And instead of saying, well, the, the, the model sucks, we need to go back, they start inventing stuff, just like the astronomers. They make predictions. They don't see them. The observations don't confirm. So they make something up like dark matter or dark energy, and then they just spread it around wherever they need in order to continue to keep their basic theory together. And it's almost identical to what they're doing here. What have they done now? 
Now, in order to explain the complete and total failure and the inability to explain how the very... There. Have I got you back here? Yeah, it looks like we got dropped. Yeah, Cambodia is not always the best. <laughs> so, okay, no, no problem. I can attach the two calls. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I understand. So, yeah, here, here's a question for you. Sure. Given that the, as we were just talking about, the science behind this is suspect to say the least. And, yeah, I shouldn't even call that science. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds? Is it possible that they know just exactly how absurd this story is, but they know that they've got the public in such a dumbed down state that it doesn't really matter. They've got, the, they've got the guns. It's not like you're going to run out of people that are going to be willing to assault their fellow man, throw him in jail for walking right. three feet away from his peers. They know they can do that. So yes. they don't really care what the story is from my perspective. It could be a mm -hmm. total and complete BS lie. I think they just know the public isn't going to do anything. I always wonder about this. I have a lot of discussions with my buddies about this. It's, you know, it, it, to me, it has multiple parts. One, the kind of dupe and knave. Is this person really just a stupid ass or are they, or they no? And, and they're actually just there to spread lies. I think the vast majority of these uh, people, these jokers uh, that are in the CDC and stuff like that, <clears throat> they're well-intentioned fools who don't have the slightest damn idea. They're not, they're not dissimilar to many lawyers I meet who, who imagine that the Constitution does all this stupid crap they learned in law school. I just think the bulk of people... They don't know. Now, the people at the very top, they're very different. And, of course, they, they certainly already know whether or not this is something they've spread themselves or whether there's anything to it or they've already decided to reclassify this stuff and make it up. And, as usual, we can never know. We can never know. But I think the interesting thing to me about all these things at this point is that it's, it's gotten to the point, you know, they're, they're very into the revelation of the method. They, they like to make sure that the people who can see do see that it's a complete load of crap. Th there's a very big benefit to them of doing that because when people see, and I think I suspect there's a lot of subconscious stuff going on. I, they've done huge amounts of work with subliminals. And I suspect there's a huge amount of uh, uh, advantage to showing somebody something that doesn't really make sense. You act like it makes sense to them and they hear it. And at a subconscious level, they kind of know it doesn't make sense. And then there's a large number of people who will take that and they become desensitized to the nonsense. And we're, we're just fed nonsense night and day, all the time. Nothing ever makes any damn sense together. It's just all the time, all the time, all the time. And so many people get used to that. And the demoralization comes with not being able to make sense of anything. And the people like you or me who can see it going on and see that, ah, oh, crap, we can't do anything about this, that makes the, us feel more helpless. And they benefit from that as well. But I think there's a tremendous amount of, of this sort of subliminal confusion to people. Uh, I've, I've taken a lot of people, just very ordinary people's kind of uh, depositions and things like that. And it's always amazing to me how much people defer to authority. 
And so even when things make no sense, like <laughs> the person will go to the doctor, the doctor will tell them to do something, they won't want to do it, and they won't even understand what the doctor's already even asking them to do, and they'll come back, and next thing I know, I'll talk to my office or something, they'll be telling me about it. I'll say, well, did you ask the doctor? Oh, no, I didn't ask. <laughs> so they're, they're just going to, because the guy told them to do it, even though they're not comfortable with it, they're afraid to even ask a question because they're convinced they don't have the necessary sort of schooling that, that they imagine is necessary in order to even, even suggest that maybe what the person is, is saying isn't true. Most people are just not going to do that. And I think that has a tremendous effect overall in that you get used to doing that and you're afraid to say anything, you're afraid to say anything, you're afraid to say anything, you just do it, you just do it, you just do it. It beats people down and you put stuff out there like they do all the time that makes no damn sense and people are just habituated to doing it. And so I always wonder how much of the stories, because they're so ridiculous sometimes, like this one is so damn ridiculous that people are believing it. How much of it is it intentionally putting it out there as a ridiculous story? And how much of it is, well, we had, had a pretty good story, but it started to fall apart and we don't care. We just keep running with it. Well, as you, you know, as you said, as you, right, as you mentioned, spiritually, it's possible that that gives them an out. Not only right. have they told you what they're going to do to you in numerous documents, their right. own internal documents. They've told you on TV countless times. I mean, how many movies did you have before 9-11 right. showing the exact scenario? Yes. So they're telling you what they're going to do to you. Then when they come out with it, the whole story is, is so ridiculous. Then the, fa the fact of the matter is, as Mark Passio has mentioned numerous times, they, the cabal, are not actually doing anything. They're just giving, writing down insane uh, politician scribbles on paper. It's right. we that have to do this to ourselves. So right. that gives them another spiritual out because the, the, the cop on the street who is violating your inalienable rights is more culpable. He's the one actually doing it. The politicians are just writing crazy shit on paper. Right. If a lunatic asylum sits down and has a meeting and writes up what they call laws, nobody's going to do anything with those because they don't have an armed force to go out there and do it. And, you know, this whole revelation of the method thing, I, I go back and forth about it. I, this, this much we can know. <laughs> we can know that they want people like you and me to believe that they believe this. Now, whether or not they believe it or not, I don't know, but it's, it's absolutely crystal clear that they, that they want it out there that this is something that at least a part of them believes, that you have to give people this, this sort of right, that you have to, quote, tell them what you're going to do. And when you do that, for all I know, they have some ability to create a whole bunch of occult power from that. I don't know. But I know this, they want everyone to at least believe that is part of their system. Now, whether it is or not, I don't know. But that much is 100% true. Yeah, the hell of it is the lemmings out there who <laughs> will not question, will not 
do any research. We'll just very simply accept authority and they'll take the injection without asking what's in it. They're the ones that are going to get us killed. That's what oh, yeah. bothers me. That's what really bothers me. And every time I walk around town and see people wearing a mask, I will tell them, you're perpetuating the lie. Don't do that. Because I know that there's something to the hundredth monkey phenomena where, you, where you've got mm -hmm. monkeys who have no physical connection to each other, but you hit a certain number and all of a sudden that are peeling potatoes and all of a sudden all over the world, they're peeling potatoes. Right. If we could get enough flyers out there, get enough information out there to get whatever percentage it is, eight, 10, 15% of people that would at least be willing to take the mask off and question what's going on around them. That would make a big difference. That would at least give us a fighting chance. I, I, I and again, yeah, I agree. There's, there's a lot, there's, this is another issue that I've had talked about with my friends for you know, years and years and years and years. And, you know, it's just this issue of one, is there really anything that can be done? Um, it, say we were, say we were people in the 1930s and we could see wars coming. We could see, right? I mean, it wasn't like it was complicated. There was a lot of people who saw war is coming. They're setting us up for war. No different than right now. And so they're setting us up for the war during the 30s and we want to stop it. I look back and I say, really, is there anything that could have stopped that? Is that something that's an illusion? that we could have stopped it. I don't know. Uh, I tend to think it, it's not something that was going to be stopped. Uh, I'm not in a position. Now, if I was certainly well positioned, maybe I'd have a better chance. But could average people like you and me, by just spreading information, have stopped World War II? Okay. Well, do, you, do you put any <laughs> stock in, do you put any stock, given your experience in astronomy, the stars, astrology, any of that? I suspect, here's my feeling about that is, is that there's probably something to this kind of thing, this analysis, but the, the version that the people have been given is complete crap. And so it, the version we have access to sucks. If there's an actual version that works, which I certainly don't find it to be impossible to believe as much as the stuff, the crazy stuff as I've seen, but I know we don't have it. And whatever it is, is not in the public realm. And so, again, whatever people are doing and calculations and sitting around doing it, they're not doing it right unless it's pure chance. Okay, and so, so listen, listen to this. So I've had many conversations with Jordan Maxwell, who has uh, been looking at this stuff for 50 years. Yes, yes, I'm familiar with this stuff. Okay, so, so he told me a couple weeks ago, he has a friend who does a type of astrology. I, th I think that's the correct term. It's Nostradamus mm -hmm. astrology, where he looks okay. at the stars. And, and Jordan told me that a year before this Corona thing broke, this, this friend of his that does this astrology was telling him, buy food, get yourself prepared. There's going to be some type of biological pandemic that the world has never seen the world over. So he started doing that. He okay. also said that at the end of this year, specifically mm -hmm. October, you are going to see something that you it's going to get so bad that mm -hmm. you will not believe how bad it's going to be. 
What what is that okay. going to look like? Who knows? It could be the food. Right. They could go after the children. Right. It could take a number of forms. But I know that he doesn't say that lightly because I've known him for long enough. Okay. So now the question becomes, what can we do about it? All I can think of is right. put flyers out, high impact vlogs. This guy, Brian, does a video every day. He's got a flyer. Jeff Berwick has a flyer on his site. Try to inform as many people as possible. Get your get your store food, canned food, a few weeks worth if you can. If you can get out of the big cities, that's something that I obviously recommend. I've done that myself. Um, right. But to your point, can we do it? anything about it? Jordan says <laughs> point blank, no, because it has right. nothing to do with anything political. This is beyond... Human, this is beyond what we can even see. It's written in the stars. There's no way to stop it. Right. And that's kind of, you know, I mean, I, I look at these things and I say, okay, you know, human history, whatever that even means, but obviously the human history ha we have is a complete joke. And, and so, so obviously there are these very, very long cycles. And you look at things like Dwarka and these other places they discovered and, and, and you know, they're, they, they completely and totally blow up the absurd official narrative about 5,000 years ago on the Fertile Crescent and all this crap, it's just completely blown up by repeatedly again and again and again. And so again, but we're not allowed to discuss that. But the point being that it's, it's become clear to me that this thing sort of ramps up and then it just blows up. And because if you look at human nature, it is inevitable that the bad people are going to get on top. It's always going to happen. As soon as you start the system running, the end is known. The only question is how long it takes to get there and what's the actual means of destruction. But it's clear it's going to blow up. Yeah. <laughs> it can't work. It's really unfortunate that, <clears throat> that evil people are attracted to governments and good people just right. want to be left alone. And that is a right. recipe for disaster. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, who wants to rule other people? So, so what, what are you going to do? <laughs> we're, we're getting in a, close to 45 minutes an hour, so I don't okay. keep you all night. But oh, let me yeah, ask you this. So uh, here, here's just one last thing. A woman uh, sent me a, a message last week. Her husband flew from Louisiana to Florida for his work. They didn't tell him anything when he took off on the plane. When they landed the oh, plane in Florida, say that again. <laughs> Did they quarantine him? <laughs> well, when they landed the plane, they handed all the passengers on the plane a piece of paper that said, pursuant to X such and such a order by uh, the state of Florida, we've got the right to quarantine you, vaccinate right. you, and do whatever we want. And they wouldn't <laughs> let them off the plane until they signed it. So the only way to stop that, this is my uh, my concern is when they set up the infrastructure, set up mm -hmm. checkpoints and just say, you're going to either give us your blood or you're not getting on the plane. You're either going to do this or you're not going here or there. Right. Is the, is there going to be any type of unrest? This might be what Jordan was talking about in, uh, in October. Right. This might be when they roll all that out. That might be when they start trying to fill their tents and quarantine camps with children that have been separated from their families that have te tested positive for a fake disease. Right. right exactly. I, hope yeah, I mean, there's no way to know. I mean, this is, 
for me, I've kind of concluded that at this stage in this insanity, that, you know, it was pretty obvious where they were going uh, a couple months ago. It was very clear. As soon as they locked it down, I just went, I knew we're screwed. I mean, this was insane and the people are accepting it. So, <clears throat> but we, for me, I've kind of concluded that there's so many different ways they can go with it right now, how hard they're going to push, et cetera. We don't know yet. And that I, I can't really know until I see at least maybe at least another six, eight weeks, couple, few months and kind of see what kind of bogus legislation they're trying to roll out. See, see where, where they're actually going right now. All they're doing is a testing, testing, testing. And as far as whether they're going to require us to have a vaccine or something, there's a lot of blowback against that. That's a very difficult one to do. The testing's very easy. Well, we'll see. We know what their intent is based on, based on yes. for the HR 122 in England. Uh, they can burn your house down just because it right. might have a germ in it. It's actually right. in their report. <laughs> HR six 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 six, the the one that Bobby Rush out of Illinois, I guess, was behind. You know that they want to take a hundred billion dollars and allocate it toward contact tracers and an entire mm-hmm. program where they've got the ability to come into your house, separate you from families, right. and they're already. If you just do a little bit of looking on YouTube, they're already doing this out on the street. So I, right. uh, my exactly. concern is that there's not going to be enough of a pushback. If there, if there is no pushback against this evil, it's just going to run rough, roughshod right over us. Right. And I think that that's, you know, I know if people call it a, a defeatist attitude. They would, oh, you give it up. I get crap about <laughs> it all the time. I don't care because I've gone through the, the machinations. It's like, look, again, there's it, there's either something I can do or there's nothing I can do. There's no point. There's no like great honor in stepping in front of a freight train. That's pointless. And so I, that's not going to do anything, you know. And so the question is, what can we actually do? And right doing. now, there's not much we can do besides try to wake some people up, maybe yeah. plant some seeds, you know, um, and let people kind of think about it. But what I've experienced over basically 20 years of trying to wake people up to stuff is, and I, and I stopped really trying to wake people up because it doesn't work. You ask them some questions, you know, you provide them some information. If they want to, if they want to <clears throat> ask questions and they're curious, I'm happy to help. If they're not, I don't push it on them uh, because most people, it's not that they don't have access to the information. I've told people directly information that 100% completely contradicts what they were just thinking and saying. It makes no damn difference to them. They just keep going on believing because the cognitive distance is so great. It's you either know? that. Yeah, it's either that or it's too painful that for them yes. to consider that they live in a world where this could happen. So they'll be it's marching huge. on their way to the FEMA camp, still saying, well, still justifying, still, still making excuses, saying, well, it's not going to be that bad. They're doing it for our safety. Right. Or it takes to so that their mind doesn't accept the reality. Right. So, and yeah, they can call they can call people like us negative, but the problem right. is if there's somebody breaking into the house downstairs, uh, I think I'm going to tell my wife or girlfriend <laughs> there's somebody breaking in. We might want to do something about it rather than let's just think positive. He'll go away. Well, I, this is an interesting one to me, and that is that 
Solzhenitsyn, in his book, uh, The Gulag Archipelago, he makes it very clear that approximately a third of the people who were in the Gulag were totally convinced that if they could just get to Stalin, that he would free them. And they cried when Stalin died while they were in a Gulag. And so uh, this has always stuck with me as like, wow, is that even possible? I kind of figured he was kind of exaggerating. And this Corona BS has driven the point home that that is completely the way it is. And, <clears throat> you know, remember uh, Yuri Bezmanov, the, the Russian dude who made the videos that was the uh, ex-KGB uh, guy, he ran India. It's a really fascinating set of uh, videos about, about how you brainwash a population. And he says a very similar thing. He says the point of it is to get the population to what they call a state of demoralization. And once they're at that state, facts no longer matter. That nothing's going to change their mind. Even when the bombs are dropping through the roof, they will not believe. They will continue to maintain their position. And I'm big on the Eastern stuff. I'm I'm a big believer in the Eastern sort of, uh, they're not even technically religions, but anyway, the yoga tradition. And what I see people doing, and I think it plays into this, is they become very, very attached in their identity. Their identity gets completely wrapped up in these concepts of America being about freedom and the Constitution, and we're fighting for freedom, and this is the greatest place ever. And wherever you're from, that you get attached to these things that, oh, your government would never do that, and the people are in charge, and they work for us, and all these ridiculous slogans in their head. They, 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 They've inculcated them into their identity so much so that in order to let it go, it feels like they themselves have to be let go and they just can't do it. And that issue of letting go of identity is huge in all sorts of things. But in this area, I think it's really, really uh, plays a huge part, you know, just every single thing. And, you know, your uncle died in the war, or your brother or your grandfather fought. So those are powerful things that, that lock down that identity and make it very difficult for people to break out. Very, very difficult. And So <clears throat> would you say that you're prepared spiritually if they come knocking on your door with, with uh, test kits, contact tracers, and injections? <clears throat> Are you I'm very have prepared. You I don't it, think it'll come to that. <laughs> but I am prepared, as Tony Montana so famously said, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to me that Castro hasn't already done. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, semi here, semi there, whatever. It's, I, I'm, I'm prepared to make peace with whatever the situation actually ends up being. I, I'm a big proponent of not solving problems I don't have yet because they can't be solved. There is no solution to a problem I don't have yet. So I've got enough problems I need to solve. I don't know exactly what this situation is going to look like over the next six months, 18 months, five years. I don't know. And you know, once we start having that information, once that starts coming out, it's easier for me to make a plan. I'm certainly not, I'm certainly not a big fan of these vaccines. I'm not going to be going down and getting them. Am I willing to blow myself up, literally go sit in a prison? That, I don't know. 
I mean, am I willing to just like mow down cops who come to my door? Again, I don't know. I mean, those are the, if they put me to those kinds of questions, then I'm going to have to give it some thought. As of right now, it's a sliding scale. You know, the, the worse they make it, the more stuff they take, then, well, then the less upside there is to trying to live in it. And the less, the less downside there is to just saying, well, screw it. I'll just go out in a blaze of glory or whatever. And <clears throat> again, because to me, the situation is very fluid and the direction is clear. We all know the direction. We don't know the time frame. We don't know the exact, what it's exactly going to look like. But we know it's coming in a way. And maybe there'll be ways around it. You know, I'm a pretty cagey lawyer. There may be things I can do. I've got good doctor friends. Maybe I can get them to sign off on documents claiming that I, I did it. You know, we don't know what it's going to look like yet. There's 330 million people in this country. Okay. If you make yourself a hard target and a, a target that's not out there making a lot of trouble, it may take them a long time to get to me. I may be dead before they get to me, <laughs> just from natural causes. That, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. I, I've talked to, of course, over here, you know, people typically buy their way out of whatever issue. Right. There you go. Right. So <laughs> my, my thought to them has been not this time, but again, I hope I'm wrong. So there you go. Right. And we don't know. And, and, and so that's why it's like, well, we don't know. We know where they want to go. We know where they're going to go eventually. We know there's probably nothing we can stop them because the people are too damn stupid. And, and that's just kind of the way it is. I laugh with my friends that we've always laughed that we're going to be the old guy out in the street going like, I told you, let's go get him. They're going, get out of the way, old man, and just trample me to death. <laughs> just kinda, you know, like, well, I think by the end so of the gone. year, by October or so, we're going to have answers to some of these hard Tons questions. of information. Yes, tons of additional information. So right? I'd like to... I want to thank you for the time. I'm going to let you go here and maybe we can okay. check back in in 10 sure. or 15 days and see where we're at. Okay. All right. Well, you just let me know. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye.